Welcome to the Hoosie Podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we return to the world of Big Finish and audio stories. And this time we're doing a Sylvester McCoy story, Thin Ice. But first, let's have some news. And whilst we've been away for the last couple of weeks, not a lot has happened really, is it? No, it's not surprisingly. Not <laughs> it's really, not just really. Just finished a series. Yes, but what has happened whilst we've been away is that we now know the name of the Christmas special. And it is Last Christmas. Yes. And I gave you my heart, Paul. <laughs> oh, I don't really have uh, a podcast on that bloody joke. So. <laughs> I just I don't have it anymore. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, last Christmas. I, do you know what I think? I, I, they must be run out of... Surely this has got to be the last Christmassy uh, Christmas special for Doctor Who. It's got to be, hasn't it? Oh, I don't know. I suppose there's, there's other stuff. I don't know, they're, done, they're doing Father Christmas now. Where, where else can they go with this? Oh, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> but, uh, but also, uh, we have a transmission time as well. It'll be shown on BBC One on Christmas Day at 6.15pm. Yes. yes. The earliest it's been on this year. <laughs> it is, actually, yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, um, yes, who knows? Now it's recently... Which doesn't actually mean anything to me, because I won't see it till Boxing Day at the earliest. No, that's right. Now, wasn't didn't hasn't um, Stephen Moffat describe this uh, particular Christmas special as a cross between uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and Alien, right? Or something like that. So, uh, so, or was it the thing? Or it might it might have been the thing. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure, but I can't remember the exact quote now. But uh, but at least you know when it's on. You know, I'm, <laughs> I was just saying, fortunately, the kids will still be up. <laughs> yes. I'm after watch that on time delay. I think this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have been moaning about the late start. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, mine's going to be very much time delay. <laughs> yes, yes, it will be for you, because you're, ne- you're never at home on Christmas Day, are you? So, no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, now... Um, as, as opposed to last year, actually, of, of it being on out of the corner of my eye with no sound, trying to work out what was going on. <laughs> And was then turned off after fifteen minutes to go. Anyways, so. do you know? What, I, do you know? What, I think that is worse having it on in the in the corner and not being able to watch it. That's yeah. like that's like dangling a, a, like the carrot in front of you, isn't it? It's just, you can never. It's not within your grasp, quite, is it? But well, oh. it's just, just then you don't actually want to see it because you can only be confused by what's happening, <laughs> and it then may well spoil when you're actually well, enjoying. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. When you do, it gets you watching it properly. Now, uh, one other thing that's sort of come out uh, whilst we've been away is that last Christmas might not necessarily be the last Christmas for uh, Jenna Coleman. Yes. I mean, they're, they're going to keep, even if it is, I think the BBC would like to get rumours out there that it isn't. So I think so. I think there's a lot of misdirection going on. But apparently it's one of those, uh, I can't wait, I've probably reported in one of the... the, the uh, of the uh, red top tabloids, I, I would think, but it's one of those. I think it's one of those things. That an insider says yes. that uh, yes, that Jenna Coleman has, uh, may, has maybe changed her mind, and I think they're trying to tie us into some last minute reshoots, or, or maybe into the closure of the TARDIS set. <laughs> yes, come on, maybe, yeah, I yes. So, so maybe, we, maybe we were right. Maybe, well, half right. Maybe they did hmm. close it for extra filming. Who knows? Yeah, 
Or maybe they've just heard our podcast and have their story from that. (laughs) (laughs) As ridiculous as that sounds, that someone's heard our podcast. (laughs) Well, I know, I know. Um, Let alone... (laughs) Let alone recognise by the national press. (laughs) Yes. Mistaken us for insiders. Well, I, th- I think now that if 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 the uh, if the Daily Mail has been listening to us, and I, you know, made that thing about um, I, I, last Christmas, I gave you my heart, Paul. I mean, you know, yes. it's a hut of filth. Won't somebody please think of the children? <laughs> <laughs> yes, ban this sick filth. Ah, <laughs> uh, there now. The only other sort of bit of news we got now, we we did actually promise that there would be no more stats, but it's actually such such a a slow couple of weeks for news uh, that we've decided to fall back on the live plus seven figures for the entire um, series eight. Yes. Uh, they've got, they've got these... <laughs> Don't be eagerly awaited. <laughs> well, certainly not by us. I don't think by our listener either, actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think we, we, where did we get up to before we covered some of these before? Didn't we? Uh, didn't we get up as far as listen? I think, yeah, yeah, it went as far as listen, I think. Right, okay. So uh, rather than sort of tread over old ground again, uh, let's uh, let's go from time heist onwards. Uh, oh, so people are going to have to go back and, <laughs> go and listen. If, you, if you're really desperate to know what these are, it's just, it's just, a, it on. It's just a cunning ploy to get people to download the old episodes again. Because <laughs> we find this is the big draw of our podcasts. It is. This is it's the highlight. out of date stats. It is. This is what people come to us for. <laughs> Right, okay, now, uh, Time Heist. Uh, the final line plus seven um, uh, figure of 7.96 million. The Caretaker, 7.76 million. Kill the Moon, 7.83 million. Mummy on the Orient Express, 8.9. Uh, Flatline, 7.85. In the Forest of the Night, 7.79. Dark Water 8.52 and Death in Heaven 8.81. So, as Stephen Moffat said at that uh, at uh, Royal Television Society event we went to um, a, few, a few weeks back, um, you know, it, it just backs up the whole thing that the, few, the viewing figures have not changed; it's the viewing yeah. habits have changed. Yeah, the way people watch it. So, uh, yeah, I think that that just backs it up and. I think you know that anyone that's worried that Doctor Who's going to get cancelled over over the uh, on, on the back of the overnight figures, um, well, here you, here you go. Here's, here's the proof. There's, you know, it's it's alive and kicking and very very healthy. I mean, I wonder how that. I mean, I don't know how that compares to the iPlayer stats compared to other programs. Uh, and, actually... and, and is this getting dangerously to do we care? <laughs> Not really. I don't think. No, I don't think we do care. Actually, do we? So... <laughs> Well, I don't know. Isn't this hasn't Doctor Who been one of the uh, the their biggest iPlayer figures for the BBC? Yeah, I mean, I can't. Re- I, you'd be surprised if there's more people downloading other programs that are more than a million people downloading watching it on iPlayer. Mm. Any other many other programs, except maybe something like I don't know, uh, say EastEnders or something. Probably. Yeah, the odd soap might get a. But yeah. even then, I think I suspect those people are quite tuned into their usual evening routine. I think so. Yeah, I mean, usually people who watch soaps tend to make this, put that time to one side, don't they? Two or three times a week, whenever it is. But I think with um, 
with with Doctor Who because it's going out on a Saturday night. People doing other things, or they've got you know, and and a different time every Saturday. Night. Yes, it appears. So I'm getting later and later. So um, it's it wasn't. I think really Series Eight wasn't really a show you could quickly watch before you went out. No, yeah, you, it's well. Depends on what time you go out, I suppose. But. Well, exactly. But, I mean, usually people like us, you like to get in the pub as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not, not when there's drinking time being well, Exactly. I'm sorry. Doctor Who takes second place when there's drinking time involved. <laughs> Unless you could combine the two, of course. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of which, we still haven't done a commentary for a while. <laughs> no, we haven't, actually. Uh, yeah, that, actually, we've got some news on that front. There won't be one this year, will there? No. No, it's going to be. Uh... <laughs> There's our present to. <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah. So that's that's disappointing for us anyway because we we enjoy yes. doing the commentaries. Uh, but yeah, there won't be one uh, this side of Christmas anyway. Well, actually, no. Let's let's be honest. Our choice was we either did one on the 20th of December or we went down the pub, didn't we? <laughs> and, and we decided to go one. down the pub. Yes. <laughs> Guess which one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, right, okay then folks, so uh, that's it for proper news, but coming up right now is Omega's Tat Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Okay, now we've got three items of tat for you this week, and we're going to kick off with the most expensive one first. Now this one is courtesy of uh, Forbidden Planet International, and it's another uh, figure from Big Chief Studios. Oh, well, you could buy from their site and also from Forbidden Planet as well. We always tend to zone in on Forbidden Planet for these sort of things. It's a Weeping Angel uh, polystone figure. It's one uh, one six scale, and uh, now this isn't due until the thirty first of March, twenty fifteen. Now, as usual with um, Forbidden Planet, you can pre-order this right now, and there is a one of their usual funny little discounts again, isn't there? Already. Already. You can save 24%. Okay. Yes. Yeah, now it was £189.99. So with that 24% uh, saving, you can now get it for uh, a pre-order price of £144.99. Yes. That's a lot of money. Can't see how it can still be 99 if there's a 24% discount. No, neither can I. I think there's some rounding up going on there. <laughs> there actually. is there, yes, isn't, there? isn't there? Now, um... The specification for this, it, apparently you can, it's got different poses you can put it in. So um, it's it's got one interchangeable head portrait, weeping, one times interchangeable head portrait, attack, uh, one pair of interchangeable arms, weeping, one pair of interchangeable the arms. The arms weep as well. They that's weep good. as well. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a trick, isn't it? Um, yeah. So it's one pair of inter- interchangeable arms, grasping, oh. one pair of interchangeable arms, attack, uh, one pair of positional wings, and one mini diorama scenic display base. Hmm. I was going to say one pair of interchangeable arms grasping. It comes with the Tony arms. <laughs> <laughs> so one pair of interchangeable arms gently cupping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that the attack ones? <laughs> Followed by weeping, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know polystone um, figures. You you do usually get there are usually quite good um, finishes on 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 them actually. So I mean, it's not uh, they do look quite realistic in that polystone stuff. But hundred you know hundred and forty five quid is just call it that. That is rather a lot of money. That is yes. 
that is. So even with the discount, it's, yes, it is. Imagine, well, I mean, one hundred and ninety could without a discount. That's incredible, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely incredible. Yeah. But uh, there we go. Now, next up in Tack Corner. Now, this is um, quite a weird one, actually. These are vending machine toys. Now, apparently, this is set two. I didn't know there was a set one. To be honest, now um, this is uh, released uh, by a company called Tarco International. And uh, these little figures, they compose uh, compose of a TARDIS, an Adipose, a Bronze Dalek, a Cyberman, K-9, and a Weeping Angel. Now, apparently these are available for £1 each, but apparently they're going to be um, up and down the country in various vendor machines to be found at motorway service stations, (laughs) cinemas. You've you've seen the adverts, haven't you? (laughs) Tiredness kills. Go and get a vending machine. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's motorway service stations, cinemas, various high street retailers, and supermarkets. Yes, now apparently there's a third set on the way, which is going to include Leather and Twelve Doctors, a Jadoon, and Davros. Hmm, mm, okay. Yeah, so um, apparently £1 per capsule. Now, considering... Now, I'm assuming these are vendor machines, not the grabber machines, where yeah. you could waste pounds with... Loads of S's after it, you know, to, you know sort of trying <laughs> still, to gull the bloody thing. Yeah. Still angry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Taking pound after pound after pound in, trying to get your little plastic canine. But uh, now apparently these are vending machines. Now I don't know how big these things are. Um, all I can say is they're probably not worth a quid. No. No. So um, apparently these, these pocket money toys are obviously targeted at the younger buyer. Hmm. Mm, okay. But it says many of these will be fine. He's driving onto... up and down the motorway. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get the adipose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this is terrible. Now, um, last up in Tat Corner. Now, you found this one courtesy of our, our friends at Entertainment Earth bringing Hollywood home. Yes. Uh, now, now this it's another festive one, isn't it? It is. They're really going for the festive um, tat, don't they, Entertainment Earth? Well, I suppose it's as good a time as any. It is really, it is really. Well, well, well actually, 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 Christmas is not as good a time as any for usually for them to go in for the festive tact, is it? Well, not unless you're planning a year in advance. March you know, is usually the yeah. time. <laughs> and I think, actually, when I first saw this, yeah. this was listed as being in, coming into stock sometime in the new year. Yeah. Um, now we've got around to recording it. It's now saying it's in stock... And it was hot off the truck on the 12th of January 2014. So I think we can well say it's cooled down by now. Yes, I think it might have done, actually. Uh, now, this one is also only available uh, inside the USA as well. Uh, I think, well, you probably came with free shipping inside the USA. Yeah. Um, now, this is... We haven't said what it is yet, have we? <laughs> oh. It's a do- it's, it says it says a Doctor Who TARDIS twenty eight inch light up tinsel display, free shipping. Free shipping. Yes, it's part of the name. Oh, I think it is. It is actually. Yeah, it is part of the name. Um, yeah, it's a TARDIS uh, with a few fairy lights inside. It looks like a tent, doesn't it? It does. Yes. It looks like some sort of a tent uh, with. Uh, I, I, it's just the angle. I don't know if it's just the angle it's been done in that picture, but it doesn't look a bit lopsided as it well. It does actually. Yeah, very badly put together. Is all I'm going to say. But it also comes a gift wrapped. It's got a big red bow around it as well, ribbon with a, with a nice pretty bow on the front. Yes. Uh, which there's, there's mind... nothing says a present more than that. No, it doesn't. Or festive uh, more than that actually. Uh, it kind of puts me in mind. What didn't they have that on the front of the Radio Times one year? A tiles with a bow on it. 
Um, yeah, Christmas. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, you know a nice little Christmas display. However, those of you in the, in the United States, it'll cost you a hundred and nineteen dollars ninety nine cents. Yes. Uh, you wouldn't want it just for Christmas. <laughs> you wouldn't really. You you want your money's worth out. You use it for Christmas, yeah. birthdays, bar mitzvahs, Easter, uh, Thanksgiving. Everything really, wouldn't you? That that is a lot of money for a bloody uh, tinsel display. Yeah, for a decoration, effectively. Yeah, which well, it's effectively you can use once a year as well. Yeah, yeah, that does seem right. It, it, it does, as they say in the uh, blurb to it, though. It does have the added bonus that it lights up via a plug. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> So you know, this is maybe 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 the clincher if you really are thinking you're going to buy it. Well, we'll see. I mean, well, that sold me. That sold me. It lights up with a plug. Crikey! Bring it on. That's all I can say. <laughs> it doesn't actually say whether the plug is included, though, does it? Ah, oh, that's true. Like battery's not included. It doesn't include plug. Yeah. Well, I say, Paul, bite and damn their impudence. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. Yes, yes, that's um. So, so two rip-off items of tat then, really, this week? Yes. Yes. Nice, yes. <laughs> you wait for two weeks for a you... podcast to come on, we give you loads of old crap. <laughs> we suspected you'd been saving your money in the two weeks. So <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay. Well, that's it for Tat Corner, and that's it for the news this week. So coming up very, very shortly is our review of uh, Thin Ice from Big Finish. So for another week, then, that was the news. Right then, it's uh, time to return to Big Finish for the first one in a very, very long time, isn't it? It is. It is, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So this time we've selected a Sylvester McCoy story, and it is Thin Ice. I am here to recover the lost reliquary of my people. I see. Might I suggest that it was careless to lose such dangerous technology? It's not working. We're losing him. Cut the power to the helmet. No. Cut the power, Dimitri. Don't touch it. I have my instructions. The test must run to its conclusion. Keep him alive. So, is that it for us? Is. I bet you're already into other dodgy schemes with other dodgy people. Two years ago, a submarine patrolling under the Barren Sea found wreckage of what appeared to be a crashed spaceship. It was full of treasures. What was that? A sonic gun. This way. Ace? 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 She did so well. Have they taken her already? After school? Have we never said goodbye? Okay, now before we start, I must admit, I've actually reviewed this one before, but not on this podcast. It was on a, on, a, on the Bad Wolf podcast. Uh, so Quite... moonlighting again. Yeah, moonlighting again. Yeah, this was some years ago, though, so um, it'll be interesting to see... Has it changed uh, since? Has it changed? Yeah, have, have I changed my opinion since? That would be interesting. So, um, But first off, Paul, it's your turn to kick things off. So what did you think? What did I think of this? Um, I quite like the story. Mm-hmm. Um, There's just something about it that doesn't quite... I don't know with me, really. Right. Um, I th- Well, two things, actually. 
I'm not sure if there's just too few people doing too many parts. Right, okay, yeah. Uh, and I'm not quite sure whether necessarily that works. Although I'm not saying that any, there's any, I have any problems with their people's Russian accents or whatever. No, no. Um, and the other thing that started to annoy me, and <laughs> I don't know whether the, whether it just got worse as the episode went on, or or it was, I just, my tolerance to it got worse. Yeah. Um, and that's the music. Oh, right, okay. Cause they, I they, they, and I don't usually <clears throat> say anything about, necessarily that bothered about the music. It's usually you. But, uh, <laughs> oh, cheers. <yeah. laughs> no, no, it's usually you that well, do, do talks know... about the music more. I mean, uh, not, yeah. not necessarily actually that gets bothered by the music, but usually, you know, you're whether it's, whether you like it or you think it's too loud or whatever. Yeah. And usually I'm just like, oh, was there music? <laughs> I didn't notice. Well, they, they, um, they were this going, I did. They, yeah, well, they were going for that sort of Kef McCulloch vibe, weren't they? Because j- just to give um, people some background into this uh, story, this is part of all the first story in a series called The Lost Stories. Now, these were apparently based on the, the next series, Doctor Who, um, before it got... This would have been the planned season 27. Yeah, of Doctor Who. So, um, so it would have featured the return um, of the Ice Warriors. So, what they did, they took them um, and, and did them as audio stories instead. Now, it apparently, has abandoned some of the um, Andrew Cartmel's ideas or, or, or arc he had. Um, so, because apparently she was meant to go off um, or to Gallifrey to the Academy, and yeah. the character of Rain Creevy was supposed to eventually be the Doctor's new travelling companion. So, well, no, that doesn't really happen in the way that Andrew Cartmel yeah. um, intended. It, it doesn't work out like that. So, um, so yeah, that, that's that's the history behind it, anyway. So, but this is the the first of the lost story. So it's, it kind of sort of kind of kicks off after survival, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, totally. I mean, I. It, like I said, I quite like the idea of the story. It's just actually at some point, especially as it went on towards the, the third and fourth parts of this. Yeah. Just found the music was just... It, it starts off... The music seems to start off as it just... Ideally in an audio thing, it just sort of gives you a little break between two sections. Yeah, so it's like a little... you get one little bit and then, then you're somewhere else because there's a little bit of music and you're somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Like, yeah, I can, yeah, I can. That, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do it's just on some of it towards the second half the music just carried on well into the <laughs> the next scene and you're sort of thinking where's this can you just can someone tell the band to go away please because they're in the way i can't see the actors <laughs> oh dear um so no i, I mean I, I quite i mean i like the story i like the fact of what it was yeah um yeah, whether the also whether the the whole thing about um, Ace and the this being the sort of application to join the academy, uh, I'm just not quite sure whether I necessarily well got I'm, into that one either. Yeah, really. I'm sort of kind of glad they sort of dropped that in this story rather than yeah. pursuing it like like Cartman would have done if if it had been made into a TV series, but you know, back in the day. Um. So I think it's actually quite good, but I, I mean, I also enjoy. I mean, I enjoyed it the first time I, I listened to it, like two or three years ago now, and I still enjoy it now. However, I did find when it got to episodes three and four, I find I didn't enjoy it as much as um, when they got onto the uh, the Ice Warriors ship. 
Yeah. I actually enjoyed it more than when they were based on Earth, and it was all it was almost like a spy story. Yeah. To a certain degree, and obviously set behind the Iron Curtain and everything as it as it was at the time, and in 1967 as well. So I'd I'd like that um, that aspect to it, but once it sort of got onto the it, Ice Warriors, it, I, I sort of lost interest it, in it. Slightly. It lost its period feel, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Which was which? Yeah, was good. I thought. Yeah, the first two bits where you had the sort of you know the smuggling records and that sort of you know you're in Russia and you could be arrested or whatever at yeah. any point. And yeah, I mean, I did like that. Yeah, and as you say, yeah, spy thing. Yeah, once it got to the 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 ship, then basically you just lose all time. I mean, it's they they sort of make comments that it's just. A, remind you that it's supposed to be set in 1967 don't they yeah they do sort of i mean was it um the character felnikov he, he asks um marcus creview who smuggled in the um in the record the records it, it was sort of oh, have you got was it the last waltz by engelbert oh, humperdinck yeah yeah so I, I love that record so um yeah so the, 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 the dropping things in from the time weren't they yeah, but but, you know. but even seeing the first bit, you sort of had the feel of this is communist Russia. Yeah, but then, uh, but then you also got other things from um, sort of Marcus Cruz that even the twins wouldn't mess with yeah. this. Meaning that like the Cray twins, for those who, yeah. who don't know, um, who were sort of vicious gangsters who basically ruled the, the East End of London in the nineteen sixties. So um, yeah, so the, there were the pretty little sort of pop culture references, I suppose you could. To say, but it, it's um, but I say I did like the the Cold War era Russia. Yeah, I like I like I liked the feel of that. I, I really did. But it sort of got stuck, didn't it? Because wasn't if this was going to be the original, this had been the the series TV series. Yeah, wasn't it originally going to be set in London? I think so. Yeah, and it was then moved, and it sort of it's, you get the feeling that it was they rewrote the first two episodes. Yeah, and got a bit. T- for time, I think so actually, because they did, get... or, or, or just got bored, and, yeah. and you get a feeling that the first two episodes were rewritten for Russia, and the last two episodes were as they were. Yeah, <laughs> just, just the general major was given a, a Russian accent. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does sort of end up. I mean, I would sort of. Would, I know usually we do spoil these stories quite a bit, but I, I don't think I particularly want to spoil it too much. No, this time actually, if 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 I can help it anyway, um, because it, it is definitely a very very enjoyable story, and I think people should um, listen to it just to see what was planned. Yeah, after survival, really. I know it's it's, it's a different sort of slightly different take on what, as I said, what Cartman wanted, but it is it's interesting to see what they wanted to do, and also to bring back the Ice Warriors, which I think was a a, a good move, and. This is your classic nineteen sixties era Ice Warriors with the with the hissing voices and uh, before and obviously Nicholas Briggs is um, doing the main um, the main Ice Lords uh, voice yeah. the, the character of Hesh, um, but he goes for the not not the version he did in um, Cold War, he goes for the original um, who was the actor Alan Benyon, who did the original Ice Lord. Um, I think it was in the Seeds of Death. Uh, yeah, so he, he goes for that kind of voice. And he does a damn good impression of it, actually. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't yeah. mind. It, it's just you did sort of get to the feeling that there was just too many people involved in this story. Yeah. 
I found, actually, the first it wasn't that, quite so much that there was there was you know people were being stretched to do more voices, more people than they necessarily wanted to, but there was just trying to get too many different characters going in this. Well, surprisingly enough, Nicholas Briggs only and you had one the sort voice, of roll so. call of, of of the the Ice Warriors, didn't you? At one point, hmm. where they're deciding whether they're going to go with Hesh or their new litter, the Shazir or Shazir, yeah. his name is, yeah. So that, that that sort of you thought, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure if we needed the the full rundown of every ice warrior we can do. <laughs> well, the thing is, the other weird thing about this story is that it's almost like a retread of the original ice warrior story, where they've been trapped on Earth, yeah, uh, for God knows how long. Um, but this one, there's more of uh, they're after these sort of lost, um, you know, ancient relics. Yeah. And it's almost a, like a um, a case of you know, you know, don't you, you know, don't you always don't want to meet your heroes, which is what happens to Hesh, really, isn't it? He's sort of it's not his hero wasn't who he expected him to be. Yeah, it, it's odd though because he does act exactly as you'd expect. If from what we are told about him by Hesh, yeah, he acts completely as you'd expect him to act. <laughs> So I'm not quite sure what they really thought they was getting. Well, I think it was almost to the point of it was, you know, um, Sazir wanted to carry on, you know, fighting, basically, and he didn't understand why Hesh had sort of allowed himself to um, ally himself with humans. Yes, why they were sulking away in the the shadows of Earth. Exactly, why weren't they conquering Earth, that sort of thing. So Because, you know, Sazir was a a big war hero. Yeah. but so I did sort of like Hesh sort of kind of got sort of disappointed. It's it's a little bit cliche from that point of view, but I I, I still enjoyed it. I, I like that that sort of yeah. um, that sort of turnaround it had, um, and also it then split um, opinion through the remaining Ice Warriors, who as you said, who they were going to side with. Yeah. So yeah, I, I did quite I did quite enjoy that to be honest, and also like the fact that Hesh had been. Live on Earth for so long, he developed a taste for frozen fish fingers. Well, it's just they was all living on frozen fish but, fingers. Yeah, I, I just love that. Made me laugh. That was just the fact that you know, what would ice warriors eat? Yes, all right, okay. Yeah, they eat fish. Yes, so frozen fish fingers. <laughs> um, but what did you a think nice of... takeaway snack? Exactly, exactly. So, what, what did you think of the uh, performances of the main the main cast? We started with the Sylvester McCoy. I mean, to be honest, I felt I mean, this, this did feel very much like a, a uh, McCoy Seventh Doctor story. It did very much so, yeah. Um, in the pacing of it, and probably perhaps not enough uh, Doctor in this because because mm. of the subplot of the um, Ace being this being Ace's test, yeah, um, and. Perhaps that's also why I'm not massively a fan of it. Because, um, yeah, I don't mind The Seventh Doctor, but I wouldn't put it up there as him up there as one of my favourites. Yeah, I, I think the other one, one of my issues with this story is that. Um, I was going to say with Ace because again you've got that whole thing of the Doctor lying to her and she throws a massive sulk yeah. and she gets all upset and that's been done so many times. Yeah. Between the Doctor and Ace, and it's getting a little bit. Um, I know this was done in, back in 2011, and but I think even then it was getting a little bit stale because it'd already been done in yeah. the TV series, and they're going over the same thing all over again. 
I mean, so the end of Survival was the the bit of you know them two right? Okay, we're together now, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, Tardis is home and all that sort of thing. So for this to have been, if you're looking at it, taking this as chronological order, being the next story, it was just like, oh well, here we go, but we're we're back to square one again. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it's um. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame they sort of decided to go down that route again. I like the idea of um, Ace possibly becoming the first human um, in the in the Time Lord Academy. Yeah. I quite like that idea. Um, I still can't quite see what... This whole thing's meant to be a test, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, for Ace. I still can't quite see what the test actually was, because she didn't really do much... At all, really, did she? I know the Doctor was always um, well, accused of interfering, but... Um, she cocked a lot up, really, didn't she? <laughs> well, to a certain extent, I'm not sure if the test was to see how impartial and how much she could step away from it. Which she didn't really, did she? No, which is why I think it's at the end she's supposed to have failed. Yeah. but Because uh, but... there's the bits about, you know, what, what you do when she's talking to Walshkin. Yeah. And it's, you know, what, what, what do you do now in his office? And she says, well, we've got to get the weapons away from them all. Mm. And he says to her, "What about doing nothing?" And she's, you know, she's saying, "Well, that's not an option." Yeah. So, um, I think uh, we are now going through spoilers, but yeah, bit, yeah. I bit. think to a certain extent that that is where where it is with the test on this. I thought the test was just basically to see whether she could just walk away, yeah, or whether she had to get involved, and yeah, whether she and had she, to. And she did really. She sort of yeah. picked up on all the. The Doctor's character traits, really, hadn't she? So, yeah, yeah. And, and and to be honest, if of the Seventh Doctor stuff that I like, the best thing about it is when he is being mysterious in his own right, mm. and you're not quite sure what he's doing and what his plans are. You don't actually have his him in this in in doing that sort of thing. What is going on is pretty pretty much laid out. It is to yeah, it is actually, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's the, he is not doing any other than having not told her in the first place. He is not doing anything mysterious or anything really. No, no, he's not. It's not. It's not until you sort of realise he's he's talking to the uh, the time lords. But that is just basically questioning what they're doing rather than anything that he's doing. So that's probably why I'm not as engaged with this as I. Would do if you're getting for a seventh doctor story for me has to have almost to a sense where I'm wondering actually what is the doctor's game here, yeah. And this didn't really have that. There was there was no there was no sense of what is the doctor doing in this story for me. Uh, well, no, because again, it's it's Ace's story, story isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that's the that's the bottom line. Um, but you know, I, I don't mind. That at all, it's interesting to sort of put the uh, the focus onto the onto the companion, especially for like a, a classic era, yeah, uh, Do- Doctor Store. I know this isn't, you know, this is two thousand eleven, uh, but but again, as I said, the thing that's sort of disappointing with it again, the, the whole thing of Ace throwing a massive stroke because the Doctor lied to her, she she feels betrayed, etc., etc. And I said, well, they've done that already, yeah, really. Um, but um, we're talking about other other performances. Uh, I particularly like Ricky Groves, actually, as Marcus Creevy. Now, I've only known Ricky Groves, really, from EastEnders. 
Don't ask me what character he played in EastEnders. That's the only thing I've ever seen him in. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he was quite. I thought he was rather good in this. To be honest, I was. I was. I, was, I mean, I was. I, would, I liked him. Um, his performance the first time I heard it, and I, I enjoyed it all over again. Actually, this time round. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I didn't mind him. I mean, I'm again. I'm not so, totally, completely won over on him. His, his character did seem to sway a bit. I mean, not not his performance, but his character. You know the. Marcus Creevy's attitude in certain places did seem to jump about a bit. Yeah. Between being, you know, the sort of wide boy gangster to um, this sort of home loving. <laughs> yeah, as soon as <laughs> there was that, yeah, I mean, I don't want too many spoilers, but um, yeah, he, he, he does sort of change his attitude rather quickly, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. once, once the, uh, he's been presented with the evidence, put it that way. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we're not trying not to give too much away here. Yeah. Try not to give no. too much away, but um, yeah, and I thought um, Beth Chalmers was quite good um, in the dual role as um, Raina and then Cezia as well, um, which I thought she was sort of quite good. She got Cezia's uh, sort of attitude over quite well. I found. Yeah, I'm not quite sure on the the voice, which I, it, to a certain extent is is difficult because she's supposed to be she's playing. A Russian turning into a nice warrior. So exactly. Yeah, I, I can I can understand that there's going to be that's going to be a difficult accent to get. Um, yeah, yeah it, that sort of lacked a little bit of the frighteningness for me mm. that that character could have had. Now the other the other one, uh, Nigel Lambert, who played Glava, who was one of the advisors. We also played the Adjudicator, who was one of the, the Time Lord. But I don't know why the um, <laughs> he, he persevered with the Russian accent. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Once, once his other guys was um, sort of given away, why persevere with that Russian accent afterwards? I, I couldn't quite figure that one out. <laughs> Obviously, other planets have Russians. Oh, obviously, <laughs> they do. <laughs> but did you? Did, oh, the other thing as well. Did you feel at like four parts? Did you feel this was a tad too long? Yes, I think probably three and four could have been amalgamated into one part, I think. Yeah. yeah I quite I like agree. the scene setting. That works well, I think. As we said, we, we, I think we both quite like the, 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 the Russia 1967 yeah. attitude to it. Yeah, um, yeah the, the London 1967 didn't quite work, I don't think, and perhaps could have been shortened. Yeah, because all they really went into is, oh, it's raining. Yeah, and that's it, really. But, but, yeah. but, but, it, but it's 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 sort of it's the fact that they're they're doing two different stories. Yeah, isn't it? And that's why it, that's where it sort of goes off and becomes a bit too long. Um, the Ice War. I think I might have enjoyed this a lot more had it just been the Ice Warrior story and had it just been two or three parts. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I agree. Actually, I, mean, I, I still enjoy it. I think. It, I mean, I would. Highly recommend this story to the, uh, to people to listen to, especially if you're a, a McCoy and also Seventh Doctor and Ace uh, fans. So I, I would definitely yeah. recommend that to you. I mean, I'm interested you now know, to but... listen to the to, to the rest of the the series of this. Yes, um, it hasn't put me off. No, I, I, I I'm, think I'm still, yeah, it, it's good enough to make me think. Oh yeah, actually, now I'm quite interested to. Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder whether we should sort of concentrate on this series. For our um, next few big finish reviews, um, I'm not sure I'm that impressed. 
Oh well, that well, <laughs> may have to be a strong discussion off air on that. I think may, maybe not then, listeners. We're not going to promise anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I think really uh, we would recommend this story, though, wouldn't we, for people to yes. to listen to? Because there, there is a lot to enjoy there. There's a lot of um, nice little pop culture references, and also um, sort of <laughs> Ace. Uh, there's also the thing about James Bond as well, because obviously Ace is from the '80s, so um, her James Bond is Roger Moore. Yeah, you know, so um, which which confuses Marcus Creevy. So yeah, there's there's a lot of nice little little things in there, uh, which um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I really I, I do enjoy this, but as I, I completely agree with you that um, the third and fourth episodes could be amalgamated into one and and, and shortened. And when, the, and the music does get a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you cut out the music, maybe that may have just been enough. <laughs> that might have shortened it enough. It might have done. It might have done. But uh... okay. So shall we leave it there? Because I, I don't really want to spoil this one too much for people. No. It's not our usual sort of spoilerific uh, big finish review that we normally do. But uh, yeah, I just want to sort of err on the side of caution. Probably because I didn't like it enough to not be able to control myself and give you a place <laughs> while I'm saying, oh, wasn't that bit brilliant? Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> okay, so that means what we're doing next week. Well, um, well, we're not doing anything next week, are we? I'll speak for yourself. I'm about to start a 17-day week. Oh, lovely, <laughs> lovely. Yes, unfortunately, uh, next week we can't get together to record, so uh, we're going to be having another break week, I'm afraid. There's going to be quite a few of those uh, coming up because uh, Christmas and New Year and everything, so um, we'll be coming and going off of your uh, off of your feeds over the next few weeks. So, uh, But however, we will be back just before Christmas with our with our Christmas special. Yes. Uh, which will be um, a return to Doctor Who Christmas Past, and this year is The Runaway Bride, isn't it? It is. Yes. An interesting episode. Yes, indeed. So that's what we'll be doing then. So after that, we'll be doing our review of uh, this year's Doctor Who Christmas special, uh, The Last Christmas, and I think after that, we'll be on another break again until the new year, won't we? Yes, we'll be hungover. <laughs> yes, exactly, hungover. So uh, there you go. So that's what's happening over the next few weeks. So we're going to be a little bit... Um, thin on the ground I'm afraid <laughs> but uh, what I will try and do is try and put up some of our older episodes back onto the onto the new onto the website oh you spoil us oh I know we haven't done any for a long time because I haven't done any really since uh, series 8 began so uh, that's yeah. what we've got that's what I've got to do so uh, there we go so that's so that's the plan for the next few weeks so this is uh, this is going to get the downloads going isn't it, <laughs> it is. well you know there's a little bit of anticipation in Oh, yes. Uncertainty, excitement. <laughs> if there's a new episode coming out, and there isn't, <laughs> yes. excitement. There's no new episode coming. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're nothing exciting and new for anybody. I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, everybody. So um, that's that for this week. So until we return in two weeks' time, it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. Podcast. 
please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. The Who's He Podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.